0: Welcome to Everything Speaks If You Listen with Jen Cobble Works where we befriend our humanity and the sacred through story, soul questions, and everyday life. I'm your host, Jen Cobble-Wilhoyt. Friends, I'm a little late getting this podcast to you. I've been thinking about reflection, the examine, the invitations we have to look back before we go ahead. We talk about that a lot on this podcast together. This pause of an intentional liminal space, an intentional in-between space where we, we look over and look within and look back and then we take stock of the present moment and we kind of gather our provision and our mending kit and we embark on repair and amend making and we look at the new horizon and we we go out to our next day with a sense of purpose, right? A sense of of meaning, a sense of excitement. One of the key things In this practice of inner listening and reflection is this big I don't want to call it a hinge but it's a deep deep wellspring of of two questions that are arm-in-arm they are the questions traditionally referred to as consolation and desolation they are moments in our reflection if we follow the rhythm and the the seasonal structure of the examine where we ask in a in a deeper way where did we feel tremendously connected to ourselves and the sacred? And where did we feel tremendously disconnected? And it's such an um, odd kind of question to ask because when you hear about it off the cuff, you might think, I don't know, I mean (laughs) like I didn't do anything today that made me love Jesus anymore or I didn't particularly you know, do anything that where I was encountering um, raw compassion or raw suffering the way the Buddha was talking about it was just kind of an ordinary day or it may be how could I possibly distinguish feelings of connection disconnection all I have felt given the state of my life the state of the globe is raw disconnection raw suffering raw heartache raw grief it it's strange because our days can be incredibly profound and they can also sometimes feel really boring and routinized and in both of those experiences I hear others and I certainly hear within myself a sense of absenteeism from the sacred like where are you when I need you where is your presence where is your love in this rubble of war in this rubble of catastrophe in this in this Overwhelm of my own life, trying to spin plates and and juggle too many balls in the air. So there can be this profound feeling of dis of of um, intense meaning in our life that has us saying, "I don't feel anything of the sacred," and we can have days where we have intense meaning where we feel showered with the sacred and then we can have lots and lots of days that just feel ordinary where we're wondering um, about this absenteeism too like I don't know it's just a day ending and why what's so special about a Thursday, a Wednesday a Sunday it's all kind of runs together. There's nothing particularly sacred about that. That's, that's kind of something that erupts or seeps out of us when we're experiencing uh, the ordinary as a humdrum kind of pace and rhythm. So the, these questions, they're pretty revolutionary and they ask a lot of us they ask us to um, name our deep cries for sacred connection and meaning and purpose and of maybe even divine intervention when we feel like we're in a vice grip and things are burning and we feel abandoned and alone. They ask us to face that. They ask us to face also feelings of life being banal and pedestrian and mediocre and perhaps just kind of boring and stuck and full of obligation and, uh, and, and lack of imagination. These questions ask us to face that. They also ask us to face our small joys and our tremendous um, experiences of being held and being wrapped up in a in embrace, not just in meditation or prayer or something, but but where you know you're taking a walk and it feels like the sky falls down around you like a cloak, where the sunlight is catching the leaves in so many ways, and you're noticing birds, and there's just a you just want to break out into song. Everything feels good and connected and right and you feel a part of it all these questions they want us to pause within our reflection pause within our pause and really 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 attune to the whisper in our existence and i mean our bodies our hearts our minds our thoughts but also our day it's as if like you know our day is is a part of our earth our experiences an extension of our humanity our community if we can imagine our day as as sacred ground just a just a garden even which i think is sacred ground but i mean and The examine is asking us these two questions in particular, to stretch our bodies out across the the ground of our day, to lay out across the experiences and the feelings we can remember and put an ear to all of those things and listen to the whisper of what is below the surface and maybe breaking through the surface, but speaking more quietly, speaking about a connection or a disconnection that is more deeply rooted than we originally thought. And like I said, at first blush, when we run into these questions, this pause within the pause of the reflection practice, like it it, it can just be kind of a stalling out moment. (laughs) Like, I don't know, I just don't know. What do you mean? When did I feel connected to love, spirit, source, God, the divine, the holy one, and myself? And when did I feel disconnected? This invitation is one that we want to hold as openly and lightly as possible because it is something with emergent properties. This kind of putting our ear to the to the body of our day to the to the ground of our day and our humanity we kind of just get a sense of it by waiting there's a there's just we just hold space even if we don't completely understand what these two questions are asking of us just hold space and we let something bubble up something emerge you know in the same way that cream rises to the top in the same way that when you soak beans and then the next day you get ready to boil them there's there's stuff that has has sunk to the bottom all of the beans and then other things that have risen up and they're floating on the surface and they're um, just kind of scraggly bits and the examines asking us for to us to notice to sit with these these pushes and pulls in the day, just be aware that these gradients are working inside of us and around us and scraggly bits are going to come up and luscious, sensual, creamy things are going to come up too. So we just wait and give space and let these things emerge. And what is often so beautiful and so strange is that what emerges sometimes when we ask ourselves, was there a moment when I felt particularly connected to source and myself? Was there a moment when I felt particularly disconnected to source or myself? When we sit and make space in this pause within a pause, sometimes what comes up is uh, shockingly ordinary and not exciting and we can experience a kind of interrogation of it immediately like (laughs) why why would a trip to the grocery store be the thing that's coming to mind right now but see we're just talking about the day being a surface layer and the question going deep into that fungal network of the roots of our life. You know, in the same way that a tree, when it's above the surface, we see its trunk and its branches and its leaves and the crown, right? The canopy is called the crown of the tree. And if you want to have a sense of how big the root system is, you look at that crown and you double that at, at minimum. And I know you know that all of these root systems with these trees, they interweave and mingle with, e- with each other and with the t- roots, root systems of other trees, shrubs, grasses, and with molecular movements between little funguses, little worms, little bacterial agents. In the trees, there are tendrils so small, they grip just one grain of soil. So this interconnected, these filaments, they go deep, they go broad and they become very, very fine indeed. They're very, very detailed. And they are all outside of our initial sight. We only see the, the fruit of them. We only see the topside growth. And this these hinging questions about where we felt deep connection to something sacred and to ourselves, and where we felt disconnection, that's asking us to notice our day on the surface, notice our emotions and our context and our feelings on the surface as if they were the tree. They're part of the landscape we've experienced And then these questions say, can you sink into that fibrous network below? Can you even listen so closely that perhaps you will notice the tiniest of tendril wrapped around a grain of truth that that grocery store trip only hinted at? Now, in my experience, these questions don't express their full wisdom the minute we do this reflection. We go down a few layers, and then they continue to work on us for days and weeks. And that's why we want to notice them, because we want to kind of put our hands to our heart and bow to these moments in just a, play, just a way of respect and honor and say, perhaps there's more you want to teach me here Perhaps sacred wants to speak through these portals to me more clearly, more directly. And perhaps that conversation is going to be one that's ongoing. We're not, maybe we're not going to get the full wisdom, the full medicine, the full insight, the full revelation in just one day. And so we, we, we put kind of a pinpoint in them. And we we mark them in our journal, in our consciousness, in our heart as, as milestones, mile markers, way markers in our personal life and our journey. So why is it so important and meaningful and relevant to look at both this point of connection and disconnection? Well, because our Brains really, really love dichotomy, but one thing that they like even more is to take opposition and opposites, actually, to take opposites and immediately assume that they are in opposition, and also immediately assume that in this state of opposition there is a moral scale revealing one to be good and one to be bad. And it uh, you're not going to be surprised when I tell you that oftentimes it's viewed that our moments of connection to our soul to our authentic full self to to our god self moments of connection that we name to the sacred to the divine mother to the universe to the holy one to presence we will naturally say, that's good. I need more of that. And that's just morally good, ethically good. It, we might even go so far as to say, if I'm feeling such connection, I must be good or doing good. I mean, the moral scales, whew, they come out immediately. It's like Judge Judy of, of the day instantly. A moral courtroom starts to get established almost immediately with our brains. And we don't need to fault our brains for having this route. we just want to understand that this is the pathway they f- often follow and we want to pump the brakes a little because a lot of assumptions get made that don't need to be made and then we we turn to this desolation and this disconnection and we say this must be a bad moment and And when we label it that, we will start to avoid engaging in it. We won't want to listen to those moments because they can feel bad. And we might conclude we're bad or we're doing bad things if we felt bad. All of these equivalents occur almost immediately in most human brains. And we don't need to judge that. We're being asked to just simply listen. Because here is the truth about... Opposites. They are not always in opposition, working against each other. They are often collaborative, like a heartbeat, like an inhale and an exhale, like night and day. They need one another to push and pull, to create an energy, a friction. They need to reveal something of the other. There is a dance. A subject and an object, and they take turns being those things. We might find that when we look at something that feels very good and very connecting, when we get into that tendril layer, when we go under the earth of our being and the, the ground of our day, and we start just listening, just making space for things to emerge, we might find that the thing that is feeling good on the surface down below, is speaking to something that's hurting and needing new connection or a new frame around it or a new way to engage with it. It may be speaking of something that is painful. You know what it's like when people say, you know, you just have rose-colored glasses on. That's kind of what this, what this could be we don't need to be afraid of feeling good and having good moments we just want to try in this moment to be kind of neutral because there could be there could be tears beneath it or there could be curiosity beneath it where it wants to be bigger than just the immediate good sensation it wants to go adventure and take risks And the same thing with moments of desolation, we might feel just a small tug of annoyance or frustration. And we might say to ourselves and to sacred, I mean, does this count as desolation? Does my soul feel fundamentally separated from myself or from you source because of this little annoyance? If it emerges when we're asking the question, it's worth just considering again that something small could speak to something much bigger. You know, those pictures of icebergs, you know, again, kind of like the tree. They have so much more mass and gravity and form beneath the surface. So we want to just hold these things lightly and not judge them beneath something that could feel initially very isolating and painful underneath could be a heartbreak for the world for others or for yourself that is catalyzing you motivating you moving you towards greater engagement and compassion and connection and fundamentally could be a source of rich abundant love and anamkara soul friendship so we Acknowledge the surface of our day and the surface of our feelings and let them come up in reflection around these really, really big magnetizing questions. And then we just sit and listen. This is our invitation where we open up the door and we just say soul self. Divine Mother, God, Universe, what would you have me know about these things that at first blush have emerged and seem quite small? What depth and nuance is here? Just, I'm ready to receive it. I have, um... (laughs) okay, so really quick. I'm, I'm bringing this up because we we have always lived in confusing chaotic warlike times humanity doesn't have a section of history that's like you know what that was going great for everybody everybody was well fed they were respected they were included there was a sense of justice for everyone there was freedom there was safety there is no chapter in human history where we can say that that has happened but when we are living with it in very pronounced ways and it's in our homes up on our doorsteps when when it's on the news and we are seeing we are seeing it in real time and when we have a kind of filament like network of technology and communication Nuance is something and making space to just listen is something that typically goes out the window very quickly. Just the way that with our own practice, we will say, I'm feeling good. It must be I'm good or that that this thing is just inherently good. When in fact, it could be beautiful and good and wonderful. It also could just be trying to tell you something true. With without any moral scale to it just a true thing to help you grow when when we have a a devastating catastrophic chaotic churn that we have now and that we have been having in abundance since 2020 and even a few years before that um Nuance and a pause within a pause seems at times maybe even ridiculous or risky or foolish. And so I, I personally really think though that nuance and a pause within a pause and discernment is imperative because we're left with just very blunt tools at our disposal and very binary oppositional thinking at our disposal without a subtle filament layer that we can engage with without some time and space to put our our ear down onto the body of things. And so this daily practice helps us just work this muscle, so to speak, it just, it just helps us listen and receive. It helps us get used to the voice and the way our own soul speaks to us. And it helps us get used to the voice of the sacred and how the sacred speaks to us. And the sacred speaks to each of us uniquely. And our souls speak to each of us uniquely. And we won't immediately recognize the true authentic voice maybe ever in our life of our own soul and of and of of mystery of source and there's always going to be some aspect of us not knowing but our clarity and our friendship and our relationship to ourself and to the world and to the sacred grows when we do get familiar with making space and inviting intentionally these deeper more delicate, more expansive forces to speak when we set a place at the table and say, come and make, make conversation with me. We do get used to their rhythms and their voices a bit more. We get some clarity on that when we engage in this and we get to experience some subtlety and nuance and some layering that can be easily dismissed by our own brain and in the, and in the collective community. That's a part of our humanity. And we it's a part of our humanity to go deeper than that. But we have to practice it. And I love that this practice asks us to hold neutrally the connection and the sense of disconnection. Because they both can be such powerful truth tellers in the moment and over time. So... One thing I, I said this recently on, on an Instagram post, when I am feeling like I have too many balls in the air, too many plates are spinning for me to manage, when I have too much, there's too much going on internally too, and too much externally just hitting me tangentially, there's an urge for a moment for an answer. But an answer creates a kind of finality. It ends the search. It ends curiosity. And when I'm very, very overwhelmed and I'm tired of uncertainty and the unknown, I actually need more of that space because I need freedom and safety in that freedom. I need to consider and to explore and to be invited to see beyond an initial reaction that I'm having and so I turn to questions over and over again because questions like I've said before just like a great poem you know they hold us they had they're a scaffolding they're a scaffolding they're a vessel they give shape and direction and and open hands to myriad things And then they give us this freedom and this invitation to go out and listen and seek, to both receive and to go engage. So I have been pulling from my own compassionate question card deck quite a bit recently. This is a deck that has, you won't be surprised, um, images of the moon on the back. And one section of the moon is in gray, one is in black, and the entire moon holds two questions, one of consolation, one of desolation, I intentionally put them right next to each other on the same entity, so to speak, to represent that these invitations of connection and disconnection, of heart rending and heart mending, of, of consolation and desolation, these belong, both of them, to the deep work invitation and face of the sacred they are they are both equally sacred movements and questions and worth and things worth listening to so I put them on the same image the same kind of body of the moon in different kinds of shadow so to try to disincentivize our brains into a good bad scenario between the questions. What this deck has is a series of cards that create particular contexts around where we might encounter consolation and desolation in an ordinary day. Right now I have family members in uh, in hospice and another one in the hospital and um, uh, on days where there's lots of news and engagement with their experiences, I don't have to look far for my desolation. And I am confident that you have experiences in your life now or have had recently where you understand what I mean. There are some times where we just don't have to look hard. We don't need a context question to help us frame and locate where we might find heartbreak or desolation and There are times and and things happening in my life that are giving me great expansion and joy and I am confident you have those in your life too, and have had them in recent times and in those cases on a day ending in y we don't have to look very far to find where our joy and connection to sacred is coming it's just evident it's oozing it's just a fountain it's like sun shining it's so it's so clearly there but on so many days there is a kind of humdrum a kind of routine that dulls our senses and makes us even kind of think like i said earlier that perhaps there's nothing sacred about us and our 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 day-to-day existence that it's, it's all just bland ordinariness that we have no power, no authority, no gift, no, no verve within. That it's all happening like a great machine and not like a great piece of music. And for those days, it helps me to consider particular ways that consolation and desolation may show up so i'm going to share a couple of these question pairings with you i wonder if a pair of them would like to kind of live on your heart um, or you can tuck them into your pocket and see if any of them travel with you here's one set of questions from card number 14. Was I able to take a leap into something new today, trusting my curiosity in the process even if I didn't understand where it, would all, where it might lead? Was I able to take a leap into something new today, trusting my curiosity and the process even if I didn't understand where it all might lead? Did you have a moment like that today? Where maybe you just tried something new? new recipe new outfit new hairdo new way of walking into the office and I don't mean like the ministry of silly walks I mean like maybe you just left the house and you entered your your work day with a a new kind of intention on your heart um maybe you're picking up a new language maybe you're trying a new hobby maybe you're asking somebody out for a friend date or a romantic date Um, Maybe you're trying some new medicine or or protocols for your health and your your body tending. Um, Did you, what were you able to take a leap into something new today? Could you trust your curiosity in the process, even if you didn't know where it was going to lead? Here's its partner question. Did I feel like I wanted to dip my toe into something new but couldn't or wouldn't for some reason? Was there an opportunity where you wanted to maybe take a risk, take a chance, put your name in the hat, give something the old college try, just try your hand at something? It could be a private thing, right? Like, I just want to get my watercolors out and some paper and I've never officially learned watercolor and I'm not a trained artist but I just kind of feel like I want to draw watercolor this squirrel this beautiful chestnut dark black squirrel who's eating an apple from my tree right now that's happening in real life I just want to I just want to capture that in watercolor did you have some urge even even something like that that's small and then you you just the day got away from you it got really full and you couldn't respond to that invitation or there was space and time but at some point you decided you should not these questions on card number 14 are just curious wanting to know about an opportunity of newness and curiosity and and trying things and risk-taking and where you might have felt something growing and emerging because of that, or something as an impediment because of that. Now, how would we look at something like that and say, one's clearly good and one's clearly bad? Like, how how would we not say that? Well, if we are feeling a sense of disconnection, like we want to be trying something, and we just feel like we can't or we won't on the surface that can hurt right that can feel like a rejection or like we are being rejected it can feel like scarcity and like like a pointlessness or a i guess never i guess never me kind of a mindset and those are very, that's very natural i think we've all felt things like that a lot in life But when we tap in to how much we want it and how much it may be hurting, that there is never time for it or we are never able to give ourselves permission for it, we start possibly dreaming about what it would be like to uncorset ourselves in that way or to create some boundary space so that we Absolutely just make sure it happens at least once this week. Underneath that initial hurt that feels kind of rejecting or scarce, we could find a drive, a bit of passion, a bit of desire, a bit of courage. That's why we aren't going to name that question as inherently bad or inherently good. It's just something that if you sit with it long enough, may very well emerge with some wisdom that you weren't expecting. My experience with this question of desolation and consolation, of connection and disconnection, of belonging and and separateness, is that they often can feel like what we hear this word a lot, a trigger a series of triggers it's like we are naming two of our biggest triggers in the day a joy trigger and a heartbreak trigger and honestly triggers are so sparking and so sharp for our feelings and our nervous system our body that we typically when we have them we experience a fight flight or feign or you know freeze response to them or just a jubilant kind of devil-may-care response, like, woohoo, party, open all the wine, deal with the consequences later. Like, <laughs> there is often an immediate response to these that, that is kind of primal. But when we make that pause within a pause and say, I'm going to sit with these triggers and let them settle into a language beyond the spark beyond the flame and the desire to run, beyond the flame and the desire to just throw caution to the wind and go wild. When we sit with that long enough, we can feel them start to settle and speak a deeper, truer story to us. And this is happening in our everyday life. Everyday, ordinary things do trigger us. They, they invite us. There is a sparking magic, a creative presence, a kind of series of mini big bangs going on in our lives every single day. And they are going to often show up as a trip to the grocery store or some random thought of just digging out your watercolor postcards and set that you haven't used since high school this is this is the beginning where we start this is the beginning of where we start to hear the sacred speak uniquely and directly to us pointedly and intimately and beautifully but maybe provocatively and These questions are here to just hold us, just keep us safe in the exploration, in the pause within the pause. And then over time, our sparks, they start to become seeds. From places of heartbreak and also places of joy, they grow with deeper insight and connectivity and friendship And we see more and more of who we are and who we are becoming in this kind of listening practice. We grow to trust ourselves, our voice, our experience, and trust the presence and voice of the sacred in our day and in us, the more we practice this pause within a pause, the more we let the opposite questions hold hands, and not be in opposition. We start to go through days and things happen and the triggers get a little bit quieter. We start to respond to events and just say, hmm, I wonder. Space gets opened up within us and in our day in surprising ways and that's what I think I want to end with too. Sometimes I feel weird saying things like sacred magic because I don't have a Wiccan background. And I know magic is a term that is sacred and holy for some people and their spiritual practice. I also know it's a colloquial term that we use when we're talking about playfulness or just just something that's wonderful and creative. And I I think for other people, perhaps it is kind of a triggering word that maybe, maybe has some, some fear associated with it. But I use this word and I use the word alchemy and transformation too, because the the every year I practice this listening practice, this examine, and I get to this hinge, these two beautiful questions arm in arm with one another, rotating around each other, letting the gravity of each other hold them into close kinship and relationship. The longer I do this and I just make space for these two, these little stars to illuminate something within and around me the more there is a noticeable sense of kind of magic there is like a subtle reveal that the sacred does she comes in and suddenly there's there's this thing that's been ordinary this whole time and now it's somehow clothed in in my perception and and it seems extraordinary it seems beautiful in a way that I was never predicting when I was overlooking it in the past little bits of transformation start to happen in and around me in ways I could never have predicted and it's it opens up paths I never would have considered and they all almost all of them start with tiny triggering sparks that with a little space and some time and the pause within a pause become deeply nestled seeds that take root, take root into adventures and amends and healing and all kinds of stuff that I just never, never would have laid out for myself if I was fully only listening to my own insight and not also the insight of this living sacred world. I will leave a link if you're interested in these cards. There's like, gosh, I mean, I co-created this deck with spirit. You would think I would know. There's 40 some cards. Okay. I don't remember the exact number and they're all contextual about where we might find consolation and desolation in very ordinary ways as, and they're just here to help hold, um, yeah hold our gaze a little bit longer and hold us in a sense of safety so that we can go and explore and listen all right i um i hope you find when you are feeling a churn or a lot of uncertainty i hope that maybe if you don't already feel this way you felt the gift of how a question and two questions snuggled up next to each other and next to you can actually give you um, more grounding than maybe you thought it it doesn't seem natural to be lost in the unknown and then bring in more unknowns. But there is again a sacred magic to that. and I think something I think it occurs somehow in this, paradoxical linking of perfect form and structure and perfect freedom. The only thing I really know of that's like that is poetry. I hope your week has I know your week coming up is going to be loaded with personal poetry and sacred magic and presence. I know it is. I hope that with everything going on, in just the smallest of ways, you can just notice, if nothing else, some things that spark you, maybe your ire and your fire, but maybe also your joy and jubilation. And I hope that there is enough time, maybe sitting in carpool or on the train or putting a dinner together, chopping vegetables or something where you can just let those two things sit and simmer inside of you, open the door, ask spirit to walk in and tell you more because I know there's more there and I know it's meant for you because your life is meant for you and it's a beautiful, beautiful life even if it's also a very heartbreaking life at times. I have a a strange, changing offer for Advent and Winter Solstice coming up. (laughs) I'm so excited about it. But at last minute, because of some things going on with my family and the printer, the offer has changed. And I think it's changed in a more more exciting, beautiful way. And another bit of sacred magic and presents that I couldn't have accepted. I anticipated. (laughs) Sometimes I can't accept it either (laughs) okay i'm gonna um i'm gonna share more about that next week i need to sit and listen to what this structure would be like but it will involve some online gathering doing the examine together and it will definitely involve honoring the the fear and isolation and coldness and darkness that is with the christmas story and the solstice and winter itself and also equally affirm the heart, the hope, the peace, the joy, the light, the burgeoning earth that is a part of Christmas and the solstice and winter. It is a both and invitation, just like this consolation and desolation piece. And I'm really excited to share it with you next week. Okay, friends, thank you so much. I I wish you just a beautiful week of poetry, magic, and both-and moments. See you soon. Thanks again for joining me on today's podcast of Everything Speaks If You Listen. I really appreciate your time, your energy, your engagement. And if you liked or loved this podcast... It would mean a lot if you could rate it for me, give it the old five-star review or the thumbs up or whatever your application asks you to do to say, I like it. And then if you could share it with a friend or family member that you think might vibe with it also, that would be great. I deeply appreciate the care towards the admin part of this kind of stuff in relationship as well as you just tuning in. If you'd like to know more about me and my work, there are links in the show notes. You can visit me at jencobbleworks.com. Hang out and talk to me on Instagram, at cobbleworks, or sign up for my newsletter, where there are some stories and free comics and art and self-reflection worksheets given every month and lots of fun, deep email exchanges between me and you if you enjoy that. Thanks friends. Take care.